Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with another episode here on The Truth. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing our 30 Teams in 30 Days series as we're going to continue to venture over now to the American League East Division. It is episode number 16, so we have officially crossed the halfway point. Been a great series thus far. It's going to continue to be a great series moving down the line. How it works is we're going to go over our team MVP for the Red Sox in this show predict on where they're standing in the division, a big-name acquisition and a big-name loss in the offseason, and adds other losses that we didn't mention or we wanted to touch base on, biggest bust, a breakout player, and then AJ will go over his minor league player to look out for. So for the Boston Red Sox, who do you have as their team MVP this season? I have Raphael Devers, the third baseman, as the team MVP. Last year, he tapped into a little bit more average with a 295 average with a 358 on base. But with that, his power, I guess you could say, kind of went down. He still had 27 uh, home runs, one triple, and 42 uh, doubles. I feel like he's not going to have to sell out for a little bit more batting average with with the shift ban. And he's able to keep on hitting some more home runs. I can see him at 35-plus. He just has that type of power. And he, he could still hit for that 40-plus doubles and potentially a couple more triples to kind of just depending on how they play him but I feel like his RBIs are still going to stay right around in the 88 range same with his runs 84 the offense there in Boston isn't the best uh, especially with some of the losses they have and it's kind of weird because you kind of thought of him as a little bit of a powerhouse a, couple, a few years back I'm gonna go with Devers as well um, they did lose some players that could potentially be up for the running obviously Xander is a big name there but Devers I think is their best overall player Mentioned the years that he's had. I mean, 2021 is really the year that stood out at me. That was when he had 38 home runs, 279 average, and 113 RBIs. A very consistent hitter, though. He's going to hit for power, and he's going to hit for average. Good defensive third baseman, too. It's interesting, too, because the Red Sox not too long ago were World Series champs, it feels like. Um, But they've kind of been put in a precarious position now where not only is the AL East good, but they're kind of, like, revamping and also, it seems like, pushing for a World Series at the same time. But... The Red Sox are interesting. Um, I think Rafael Devers is obviously going to be the focal point for that team, and he's poised to have another all-star type season. Where do you think they're going to finish in the division this year? I haven't finishing the same spot they finished last year in last place. And this isn't because they technically got worse. They did lose a few players, which does hurt. But they also signed a few guys that would help them. But I feel like the, just the other teams in the division got better. They have some younger players or some veterans they were able to sign to just make them better than the Red Sox. Yeah, that's the biggest thing with the American League East. It almost like last year, for a period of time, um, every wild card team in the, uh, the American League was going to be from the AL East, and all seemed to be competitive, at least to start the season. But the Red Sox are just kind of put in a weird position because they did lose some guys. I mentioned Bogarts. They also lost, like, J.D. Martinez, a good veteran bat. But they also picked up some guys, too. So... It really kind of is just interesting how they're, like, getting rid of some big guys, and then they're also trying to maybe contend for a World Series at the same time. This is a team, too, that you never know, especially with the AL East, where they could go from fifth to first or first to fifth. I think if you want to be safe, you should bet on the fifth option because they're most likely stacked up against the other teams in the AL East, not going to have that much success. So that's my only storyline there with them. But all in all, it's still a very good team if they're put in a different division they could obviously have a chance to maybe compete more in the division, but it's just too good this year. Uh, one big name acquisition and a big name loss in the offseason. 
I mean, you touched on two of them on the lost side and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. Another loss they have was Nathan Valdi. Yep. Nathan Valdi's just been there for a while, and he's helped out the team in ways you wouldn't really think so. He doesn't have the best ERA, but he kind of just glides through. He just kind of does what he does. You know what you're going to get out of him. But some as they had were Kenley Jansen. They kind of they finally locked up that closer position. I know they've been just shuffling through guys trying to figure out someone, and I think Kenley Jansen is obviously going to be that guy. He's so he's really close. To, I believe 400 saves. So they're obviously going to put him in that safe position. He kind of just has the pedigree, and you have to put him as the closer. Another guy they signed to take over the shortstop role is Adalberto Mondesi. Uh, with Trevor Story being out for the first half of the season with uh, surgery to his elbow just removing some loose bodies. Mondesi, if healthy, is a very good power speed bat, but he just hasn't been healthy. And then I think two of the other big ones are Adam Duvall, uh, great hitter, power hitter from the Braves. He was on the Braves last year, and he's going to move right into left field. And then... Masataka Yoshida from Japan, I think is the biggest sign they had all year. I don't think anyone saw him signing with the Red Sox. I thought they, I think more people thought they were going to, he's going to sign to more of a contender. So I'd say Yoshida is probably their biggest signing. I'm going to go kind of on a complete, well, I'm, I'm not saying it's their biggest signing, but Justin Turner too. I mean, Justin Turner, granted, he did just get hit in the face. So I'm not sure uh, if he's missing an extended period of time, but Justin Turner's World Series champion. He's retired with the Dodgers. Sure, he's really good. We can put him into that DH role um, and, and interchange some positions there. But Justin Turner is a big add to his career with the Dodgers. He had tons of success. Maybe not as much last year compared to the year before. I mean, 27 home runs in 2021, only 13 in 2022. But then again, you go and look at some of these other guys, too, that they added. Kenley Jansen was a big name. Um, Kenley Jansen had a little bit of a, some would say, season with the uh, or, uh, off sort of season with the Braves. Going into this year, it's a completely new role. I mean, he's the main guy. He's the big closer there, the big-time closer. He's still only 35 years old, and the stuff plays really well. This isn't a signing, too, but Chris Sale. I mean, Chris Sale, who knows? You mix Chris Sale in the rotation with, with Corey Kluber um, and some of the – Pavetta, I believe Pavetta's there, James Paxton. I don't know. This team, like, we, we kind of counted them out early on, especially because of who they got in their division. But a lot of these signings that they did have, and then obviously guys like Bogarts, they lost. Bogarts was huge because he was a really good shortstop, could also play third base, 15 home runs, 307 batting average. He was just a team player. You know, he put the, the Red Sox hitters in a prime position to win. They got a lot of young guys, too. I love the uh, person you mentioned, too, Mondesi. Mondesi is a really good uh, uh, addition for the um, – the Boston Red Sox. He's going to provide a lot of dividends for them there too. I'm I'm really curious to see how this Red Sox team fares out because we did mention that compared to the other teams in the division, they seem to like not have a chance. But then again, this is a team that could easily be above 500 with some of the guys that they added. I feel like they added more than they lost, and I think with a team like the Red Sox, that's that's definitely huge. Um, biggest bust on the team this season. The biggest side bust on the team is the guy they assigned, and it's all because of health, is Alberto Mondesi. Uh, Mondesi, like mentioned, is one of the best speed power bats. Uh, you saw it when he was with the Royals. Um, Mondesi just couldn't stay healthy. Uh, he hasn't stayed healthy really his whole career. And that's really it about Mondesi. It, 
it's health. It, it, he could potentially 2019 Mondesi, where he had 42 or 43 stolen bases, or you can get 22 Mondesi, where he played 15 games and had five stolen bases. I'm going to go with a bit of an intriguing one. I'm going to go with Chris Martin. I know Chris Martin has had an interesting career. He obviously started in 2014, played in the 2015 season, then didn't play again until 2018 when he was back in the majors uh, with Texas. He's kind of bounced around, especially at the start of his career. But re- most recently, I believe he played for Atlanta 2022. I think he was with the Dodgers and Cubs. But going into this season, you know, I'm not expecting him to have a really big career. I'm really not. Um, or I should say a big season, I should say. In the relief pitching role, I feel like besides Kenley Jansen and maybe another arm or two out of the bullpen, they really don't have a good bullpen. I think that's maybe going to be their downfall going into the season. He is 36 years old. I did watch some of his outings um, last season, and I feel like his stuff was just a bit not as successful as far as movement, placement, all that stuff as it was previously. That's ultimately going to lead to his place, but then again, he's a veteran pitcher. He's been around, you know, the league. I believe he was with some good teams in the past. And all in all, he started off his career a bit rough, but he has gotten a little bit better. So can he continue to carry that momentum? As far as relief pitcher, he's got wipeout stuff. His whip's under one, which is really good. But I don't know. I just don't think the recipe going into the season, especially with how shaky that bullpen is, is going to be, um, you know, a good reason for him to have some type of successes this season. And a breakout player, your breakout player for the Red Sox. My breakout player is Tristan Cassis. Last year, he made his debut, only 27 games, but it was a rough time, at least in the batting average department. He only hit 197, but got on base at a 358 mark. He had one stolen base, 23 strikeouts, but he did have 19 walks. So he wasn't strike. He wasn't really selling out for power, even though he is known for a power bat. He had 12 RBIs and five home runs in 27 games and one double and 11 runs. But I think he's going to bounce back. Um, he's going to get used to MLB pitching. Last year, he was injured for a little bit, so he spent some time in rookie ball, but he spent most of the year in AAA. In that time, he hit 281 with 389 on base, 70 strikeouts to 53 walks, 41 RBIs, 12 home runs, one triple, 23 doubles and 46 runs. I think he's going to be the first baseman of the future there. And he just has to stay healthy, which is, I believe is main concern. I'm going to go with Mazataka Yoshida, the guy that you had mentioned earlier, um, you know, playing in his first, I believe his first MLB season really dug deep uh, to go look at some of his stats from time in Japan. Cause obviously it's not like major league baseball. Or those are so more accessible, but a very good hitter, very, very good hitter. Throughout his career, it seemed like, high batting average type of guy. He played in 140, 120 games, about at 351. Um, granted, that's not the major league baseball, but still Japanese. He got some good, good weapons out there. So he's a good batting for average hitter. He also hits for power at 21 home runs, uh, 89 RBIs. So all in all, this is going to be a great addition for the Boston Red Sox. And, you know, not a lot of people know too much about him. I feel like it was a kind of a similar story with Shohei Otani. Obviously, they know Shohei Otani was good, but I really don't think a lot of people expected Shohei to be as good as dominant as he's been. And I think maybe a similar situation is, is the case with Masataka Yoshida. Now, granted, there is risk to it, especially when you sign any type of international signing. Uh, but I think with Japan and kind of with those athletes they've been able to produce, obviously Shohei's a great example. Uh, but I think he's going to fit right into the mix. I think outfield's a spot that can 
be utilized really well. Uh, J.D. Martinez, not necessarily a big outfielder, but he was also obviously an outfielder that uh, they didn't they didn't have anymore. They got Verdugo. They have Duvall, I believe, who's probably not going to get a lot of um, successes. Enrique Hernandez. So outfield's a little bit de- uh, weak, and I think having a guy like Masataka Yoshida coming from that experience professionally and playing in Japan and moving into the season, I think it's going to be a breakout season for him, and he's going to be able to kind of cement himself in, in the major leagues as, as a guy that, that has some success and really look out for him. And then the minor league player to look out for for the Boston Red Sox. It's going to be their young star outfielder, Miguel Bullis. He is only 19 years old, and last year he spent the entire season at rookie ball. In 40 games, he hit 301 with a 353 on base and 895 OPS. He scored 28 runs, had 27 RBIs, 14 doubles, 4 triples, 5 home runs. Only 10 walks to 45 strikeouts, which you'd like to see improve, but he also had 18 stolen bases. He's going to be in the MLB in probably two to three years because the Red Sox take their time with their prospects, it feels like, compared to some more aggressive teams like the Atlanta Braves. But Miguel Bliss is still, like I said, only 19. He's 6'3", 170 pounds. If he can put on some more size with the power he's already shown he's able to hit at uh, in the – early minor leagues, I feel like Miguel Bliss will be someone to look out for. I think, too, another note, to before we end the show here about the Red Sox, is where we think the Red Sox are right now and probably finishing um, fifth in the division. It'll be curious, too, to see what the Red Sox do do. For example, um, come the trade deadline, you know, maybe they sell some of their guys. I'm not saying they're, they're going to, but maybe they sell some of their guys and continue to bolster up their – um, minor league system and, and young prospects because that could be a situation too where you know maybe the AL East is going to be really good and it's going to be hard to compete with them that maybe they kind of sell the house and, and whatnot but the Red Sox are intriguing in the fact that I don't think they're going to do that regardless but even if they do they'll find a way to sign some big some big free agents come the offseason so the Red Sox are in an interesting position it's an interesting team to kick off the AL East division and on top of that they got a lot of young guns too that can potentially be um, a firepower weapon as well so we'll see what the Red Sox are going to be able to do and what type of successes they're going to have not only this year but uh, future years to come for them thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth I hope you guys did enjoy it another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days as always I'm your host the one you love the most Niall Hassan joined by AJ Ponciano we appreciate you guys listening hopefully you guys do check out the other ones as well But until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Take care and good night.